Well, this is, a, this is an annual event at Grace Hills Church. We call it Vision Sunday, and it's a, it's a way to really look at not only what has happened, but what God wants to see happen in the life of his people at Grace Hills Church, and, and not only in our lives here, but hopefully as we try to influence people, not only in our community, but around the world. And I've entitled the message today, Celebrate and Be Challenged. And as you think about that, that really is uh, something that we've experienced either intentionally or unintentionally uh, this past year, because everything in life changed, didn't it? And as we think about that, and as we look back, sometimes we can look back and all we are is filled with things that we would hope would not have happened. Uh, but even, even as we think about those things that were most challenging, those are the things where God often touches us in the most powerful ways. But we do want to be celebrate, and we want to be celebrative, and we want to be challenged. And you think about uh, people not only in the church, but outside the church, the idea of celebrating has been a, a challenge because life has changed. You know, just thinking about the sports world. The sports world, in many ways, uh, and some of the particular sports, they, they were not able to compete as they used to, but some, particularly if they had the... The, the power of uh, making money for a lot of people, they were somehow able to squeeze their seasons into this last year. And uh, living in California, uh, this was a pretty good year for a couple major sports. Uh, you had the Los Angeles Dodgers, who had, depending on how you count the numbers, had, had not won a World Series in 31 or 32 years. And, and it just so happened, and then in 2020, they were finally able uh, to win a championship again. And then if you think about the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, who are a very successful um, uh, team uh, throughout their years, uh, they had gone through some very dry times. Uh, they had gone through their worst seasons and regular seasons in their history. They had not made the playoffs for multiple years. They brought in a very high-priced uh, free agent, and his first year did not go too well. But last year, in the midst of being in a bubble in, uh, I think, the Florida area, they were able to, again, win uh, another championship. But something happened in their experience after they won. Uh, they were not able to experience what most teams do uh, when they win a major championship. You didn't get the ticket parade. You didn't get the parade down the major highways of your street. And so they were left with saying, well, we're, we're celebrating personally, but we're, we're waiting till this all ends, and then we're going to celebrate publicly. And, and they just kind of long for that experience because they know as you think about accomplishing something, if, if you can't celebrate it, you, you, lose, you lose the glory of it. You use, lose the experience of enthusiasm because there, there's no way to, to just bring it to light and, and just with friends and family and everyone that you've participated with, celebrate what just went on. Now, we, probably none of us here looking around the, uh, the congregation today and probably knowing at least a number of people who are online as well, probably none of us played for the Los Angeles Lakers this past year or for uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. But it's quite possible there might, be, there might have been some birthdays that weren't exactly the same anymore. Uh, as previous birthdays. You couldn't gather the family together because there were people in positions of responsibility and authority who, who very much discouraged that. Uh, maybe a, a birthday, maybe an anniversary, and, you, and you're still looking to celebrate that or looking ahead to maybe do something with that. Well, what we want to do today is we want to celebrate what God has done this past year, and we also want to, however, to be challenged. Because as you think about those two teams that weren't able to celebrate in a normal way with a ticket parade down you know, the major highways of Los Angeles, uh, now they have a different uh, challenge before them. 
Because every team that wins, they're always asking the question, can you do it again, right? And they'll raise the question, well, will they somehow, because they won last year, not be quite as motivated to play as well or as focused as they did the year before? And as we think about our lives as God's church, God wants us to celebrate what he has done, but he also wants us to be challenged to now live it out in a fuller way in the new year. And hopefully we're going to be able to see that. And, and this morning, and it's a pretty simple message, as if you've looked at the outline already, we're going to look at some passages at the end of the, of, the, of the message this morning. But as we think about what God's call for us to be, if we know him, and if we don't know him, the call is very simple, he wants us to, to know him. And if you think about it, he wants us to be fully devoted followers of his son, Jesus. And so as we think about that, we need to ask ourselves the question, what does a fully, fully devoted follower of Christ do? What does a fully devoted follower of Christ do if he really wants to honor God? And as we think about that, I just want to submit three things to you. And this is true for us individually and particularly true for us corporately. God wants fully devoted followers of Christ to honor him globally, locally, and personally. And hopefully you're going to be able to see yourself in that whole challenge as well as opportunity to celebrate that he wants his people to honor him locally, globally, and personally. Now, for those who have been at Grace Hills Church for any length of time, you, you know, I really urge you to memorize, uh, what, what, what do I, memorize uh, scripture, right? I, I just long for you to hide God's word in your heart and your mind. But there's other things to memorize as well, because if, if God has called his people to, to influence people globally, and, and primarily that is, is to, to support and encourage and pray for things outside your own particular ministry, is that we ought to be praying for them. Well, to pray for them, you got to know them. And so let me give you a, a challenge right in the beginning here, is I, I want you to, to, be, to challenge yourself in 2021 to memorize every one of our mission giving uh, uh, posts that we, we, we support. Now, we do challenge you to every Monday pray for a missionary, but you could expand that and every Monday pray for 14 mission, missions and, and just really support them, not only through your giving, but also through your prayers. And, and we're going to see some things uh, uh, very special to you. But as you think about that, I have in your outline, you know, Atherton Baptist Homes, what is that all about? Atherton Baptist Homes, and we hope to do a better job in 2021, maybe with pictures and some other specific things so you can kind of get to know them in a better way. But it was started a number of different years ago, a number of years ago. And initially, that ministry was to take retired missionaries and ministers who, when they retired from their uh, assignment from God, they had no place to live. They had, they had finished all their resources and a particular mission was put together so they had a place to live. And so historically, we've supported that. Burkino Faso mission, and we're going to hear from Ottoman in a few moments. But this is a place where we have as God's people to support reaching people for Christ that have never heard the message of Christ. And in West Africa, there's, a, there's, a, there's an ethnic tribal group there, the Samogoho people that it never had throughout their history one individual that had ever committed their life to Jesus Christ. And Adama, who lives in West Africa, had a burden to reach a new tribe for Jesus Christ. And we, as God's people, were able to, to specifically support that happening. And we're going to hear from Adama in a moment. 
And, and then as you think about the Congo, the Congo is a place filled with poverty and a place filled with disease because of the, the, the infrastructure within that nation, and it's a war-torn country. And Wayne and Catherine Niles, who, who we've had here at, at Grace Hills Church, have been faithfully over decades serving them uh, to minister to them in a, in a practical way and then present the message of Christ. We support a larger group of missions, uh, international ministries, and Bill and Ann Clemmer. And as you think about our last year, everyone's last year in 2020, everyone, as it relates to the pandemic, thinks of COVID-19, right? Well, the, uh, Bill Clemmer, as a medical doctor, has given his life to do that. And you remember that little thing called Ebola? You know, you don't even think about that now because everybody's focused on COVID. But he goes on all kinds of places to touch people physically, to show them the love of Christ uh, by ministering to them in, in very dangerous environments. And we support that mission. Ireland Christian Camp is an opportunity for in, a, in, a, in an environment where there, it's not supported by large organizations where they reach out to children, youth, adults, and families. The Mexico Mission, where many of us have gone down there and, and served either at the Tijuana Mission School or at the seminary, where they're, they're planting churches across the nation of, of, of Mexico. And it's a very dangerous place at this point because of, of their opportunities to, to counteract COVID. Many of the pastors this year, as Tim, I was talking with Tim, had mentioned that, that many of them have died this past year, the pastors. Um, OMF. Gary and Kelly Yoon, who, who went to Thailand, and we supported as they went to Thailand, and they led people to Christ there, and now God has called them to come back to, to, to the United States, and particularly California, and particularly in Irvine. They are reaching international students for Christ. So instead of going to Thailand, Thailand's now coming to them, you know, in a sense, and then reaching out. The Orange County Rescue Mission, which is one of our local missions, but it's an amazing thing what God has done through them. In fact, I want to read just to you one of the stories, a gal named Wanda. For years, Wanda endured abuse for the sake of her children, hoping that she could shield her children from the effects of her husband's addictions. It finally took over her family, and he tried to kill her, sending him to jail and leaving her family homeless. Wanda sought refuge for herself and her children in Orange County Rescue Mission, desperately seeking to find safety and stability for their family. Wanda completed her program at Village of Hope and graduated with full-time employment. Two years is worth taking a pause from life to get a relationship with Christ, to find yourself, and to love your children. I never viewed it as a starting point, but moving forward towards a better life that God intended as I knew him and got to know him. And here is a family that would have been on the streets having nothing. She came to Orange County Rescue Mission, which is not only just meeting emergency needs, but began to train her where she now has a job. She now is able to support her family. She came to know Christ, and now she's leading her young children to Christ. And as we come as a church, we celebrate the opportunity to support missions like that that dramatically change people's lives. I was, I was looking at some statistics from Orange County Rescue Missions, and, and, and this is what just happened in 2020. 1,579,478 meals were given out for hungry men, women, and children in 2020. One hundred forty-five thousand nine hundred 
Now, why'd you do this to me? Okay. 144,993 nights of safe shelter for people who had been on the streets. 51,000, over 51,000 people were treated for medical and mental health issues. 30,628 adult education and vocational training sessions. And if you've been there, a number of our people have been able to visit there. It's not just an overnight stay. Their, their goal is to take people on the street, lead them to Christ, train them in the Word of God, and then give them vocational training where they can get off the street. And so as we think about that, we have the opportunity as a church and uniquely uh, to support not only things that we're doing, but to support things that are happening local, uh, globally. And globally would be anything not only overseas, but, our, but in our own community that we would not be able to do ourselves. Rainbow Acres, uh, ministering to challenged adults. And I was, was going to share with you the prayers of, of some of these uh, challenged adults that everything has changed because they have now in a place where they can grow and develop in their faith. Uh, the Philippine Mission with Barry Mackey. Uh, Mackey. And, and, and that's an opportunity. Been there with a number of our people where he's going to the public schools and presenting the gospel. They have the freedom to do that, reaching young lives, high school lives, who could change everything if they come to know Jesus early in their life. Now, the Romanian Mission in, with Ron and Debbie Fuqua with, with Wycliffe Bible Translators as they're reaching particularly uh, the, the Roma people, which basically a gypsy people, with, where if, if, if people didn't go to them, they would not hear the message of Christ. Special mission projects that we're involved in, whether it be Operation Christmas Child, Transformation Ministries, which is a family of churches we're involved in that are planting churches around the world, and Turkish that ministry in Turkey, which we're going to see in a moment. But I want to focus just from, uh, at, at this moment to give you an opportunity to, to hear from Adama, who we've supported over the last three years. And, and just, just recently, I found out that a lot of his support has dried up other than from us. Uh, but God has been using him, and he, and he has a word. If some of you might remember when he was here, and he, he shared his testimony and his heart for uh, reaching the people in West Africa and people, particularly those who had never heard the message of Christ. And this is, this is a word from Adama that we get to hear this morning. Hello, Grace Hill Fellowship, California. This is again your partner, Adama Water and Burkina Faso. I just want to thank you for what you've been doing for me and my country uh, for many years, uh, supporting the Samogo work in, in Burkina Faso, you know. You know, through you, uh, God has uh, raised up some Samoa Christians today. Uh, we have total 42 and, uh, and 16 baptized over the 42. And we have two groups of church, house church today. And we're getting ready to uh, uh, raise a new one. And uh, Lord willing, one of those days, you know, all the Samoa people will hear and will come to know Christ. And uh, the other people group, unrich uh, or engaged, but not rich, you know, in Burkina Faso, are also hearing the word. We have a long way to go. And uh, I believe that with you is going to be possible. You know, the name of God will be, of Christ will be called in Burkina Faso. So I just want to encourage you to continue the funding uh, partnership with us because um, there's a lot to do and uh, we're doing great despite of uh, the pandemic and the terrorist things and you know god is at work in my country so 
thank you for what you've been doing and thank you for you know your partnership and uh, I also greet your youth ministry I remember them you know and uh, tell them I miss I miss them I miss you all your church and I hope to see you someday but for the time being I want to say thank you thank you and God bless you all right uh I remember Autumn, I was here right during our vacation Bible school week and an opportunity to share with the children and, and then touch with some of our youth as well. And, and God is using him in a powerful way. And to, to just imagine, in just the three years that he's been there, particularly working with the Samogoho people, there are around 40 that now have made a profession of faith and those who have been baptized. And that wouldn't have happened unless, as, as the scripture tells us, unless people go, people will not hear. But also, as I think about it, as you think about a particular nation that, that um, has millions of people in it and really has a history within uh, the, the, the Scripture even, as we think about the, the book of Revelation as well as some other places, the, the book of Revelation, the, the letters to the churches are primarily in the land of, uh, are, is in the land of Turkey. Uh, we, we are supporting a mission there over the last now eight years have now planted 50 churches. And I just want to share with you a couple uh, pictures of what's happening right now. We, we are particularly supporting uh, a pastor, Pastor Orhan, who is in a community called Samsun. And, and when I read his, uh, his prayer letters, it, it sounds like the Apostle Paul, uh, because not only does he have a, a passion for his own community, which he says there is no other church within uh, 17 cities than the one he has. But he's planting churches. He also has a, a desire, what you see on the pictures there, of re- reaching refugees for Christ. So often what happens in the surrounding nations, when, when they are being pushed out by their, their countries, uh, they'll, run into, they'll, they'll run to Turkey, and, and, and then they're the immigrants of that particular place. And he meets their physical needs and then shares their spiritual needs, uh, meets their spiritual needs as well. And then God has been very faithful where he has had opportunity to, to baptize many people here. You have a beach baptism. They also have a, a, a baptismal uh, place in their church as well. But we're talking about reaching people that, that no one else is reaching, caring about people no one else is caring for. And, and as we faithfully be the church, we have opportunity through our giving to, to reach out to nations and, and to people groups that no one else is doing as well. So we want to celebrate. That was a list of uh, or a showing of the baptismal candidates that he was about to baptize in the ocean that day. So as I think about being fully devoted followers of Christ, which is God's call for us, God wants us to realize that we ought to be world Christians. It's not about simply um, thinking that it's all about America or all about the, uh, the Western culture. It's about re- recognizing that God so loved the the world, and we are to be part of that, that mission that reaches out to everyone. But as you think about that, is that we don't, we don't just transport our, our faith. We need to live out our faith. So God has called us to be faithful people locally. And there's much we could share about this, but I, I kind of summarize it this way. As you think about being faithful lo- locally as honoring God, you, you look at what, what are some of the ministries that we have as a church, and I, and I want to describe them in a broad way. As you think about it, that God is concerned about reaching people of all ages, not only of all ethnic groups, but all ages. And so we have children's ministries, we have youth ministries, we have adult ministries, we have, we have seniors ministry. And we live in a community that has people of all ages, and we need to have a heart for everyone. 
As you think about that, we also need to recognize that we have a ministry that we need to care for others. And, and as Matt was sharing about uh, the, fam- the family and, and the COVID uh, that went through his family, uh, you know, in one, and we've shared this with you, is that one of our uh, fa- uh, church family, Vivian Fernandez, had one of the most horrific experiences this last year in that she, um, her husband had to go to Las Vegas to work, and that's where her family was and why he was over there. He contracted COVID, and his, her father contracted COVID, and, and she couldn't go visit them because of the restrictions, and they both passed away. And, you know, we operate as a church to care for her, and this is the note she sent to us. Dear pastor and church family, in behalf of my family, we want to extend a sincere gratitude to all of your prayers, comforts, and support for us during these moments of loss of my husband, Raymond, and my beloved father, um, Soprano. (laughs) I always get mixed up when when I read that. May they both rest in peace and have everlasting life with the creator that they put their faith in. God bless. So in the midst of recognizing that we get the world message out to the, the gospel to people in lands and in parts of our national needs around the, uh, of our country, we recognize that, that we need to care for our own people. And Vivian, who went through the most horrific experiences, and as we think about God, God providing for us, sometimes he answers prayer and sometimes his will is not our will. And she experienced the, the greatest heartache you can imagine, not only her husband, but her father dying at the same time and not even be able to visit them. And yet her response in faith was thanking God's church for the prayers and the support during that time. But as we think about ministry, it's not only age-graded ministry and caring ministries, but there's opportunity to call on people. There's, there's specialized ministries like Stephen's ministries, all kinds of things that God uses its, its, its church to be. There, there's special uh, prayer ministries, men's and women's ministry, and involved in the community and reaching out in specific areas. But what I want to just share with you is to celebrate what God did through his church. And, and we put together a video. Uh, Mark was, was, was putting everything that was submitted to him. But, but let's just celebrate what God did through Grace Church, particularly locally as we see ministry uh, during this strange year of 2020. All right. And so we do want to celebrate what God has done through his church uh, in creative ways and in intentional ways where God's people said, well, uh, we might have to restrict some of the things we do as a church, but you never shut down God's church because it's all about God's people and God's people using their life uh, to reach out to others. And, and that's what we want to continue to do as we look back at 2020 and reach out in 2021. And as we've hopefully taken a simple theme this morning, God wants his people to be fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And when we are, we'll honor God. And how do we do that? We'll, we'll do that globally. We'll do that locally. But what I want to challenge us in just a few moments I want to take now is that, that God wants us to, to honor him personally. And this, this is where it gets where it's not just other people doing it, uh, but what am I doing to honor God with what he has given me and, and the people he brings into my life. 
And there's so many things that we do together. Uh, life groups is the, is the heart of, of drawing people into not only a relationship with Christ, but a, a growing relationship with Christ and, and, and looking, exploring ways to take your faith and, and share it and, and demonstrate it to others. But as we think about that, God has called his church to be a, a, a mission-oriented church, uh, globally and locally, but personally. Uh, as you think about, you know, a process of ministry, we have that as, at, at our church, is, is to honor God by helping more people become fully devoted followers of Christ. And the challenge for each one of us personally, well, how am I being involved in that? How am I looking at people that I can draw into a fully devoted relationship with Jesus Christ? And, and more people making that step. How, how can I use what God gives me uh, to invest in the life of others? We have a, as sometimes as an acrostic for us in terms of our process of ministry. It's, it's oikos, worship, life groups, and serving. But I want to focus on just one particular part of that this morning, which is really the, the focus is that God wants us to be, as followers of him, he wants us to see ourselves maybe in a brand new way that each one of us who know him are called to be missionaries. And some have said this, if you don't see yourself as a, as a follower of Jesus Christ as a missionary, then really what you are is a mission field. Because Jesus, when he called his disciples, he said, look at, uh, and he called them out in the waters of the Sea of Galilee. He says, I, I want you to come in and I, and I want to make you who fish for fish. And I want you to know I'm now calling you to be fishers of, of men. And really, as Jesus gave the Great Commission, that was his challenge for everyone who was going to follow him, is, is we come into a relationship with him. Not only do we want to draw others to him, but we want to, us to realize that as they come to know Jesus, they're now to go out fishing for other people that they know as well. And so I just want to really briefly talk about what does it mean to reach out to your oikos. Then oikos, for, for those who are not familiar with that term, is simply a term in the, in the Greek New, New Testament that speaks about people in your relational world. The word oikos is house or household. And as you think about those who come to faith in Jesus Christ, it's those are always, always those who are, who are influenced by people who know them. As you think about that, just going through some passages really quickly. In, in Mark chapter 5, verse 19, as as Jesus led a demoniac to Christ, uh, this is the challenge he gave to him. He said, I don't want you to come with me, follow the other disciples, but I've got a mission for you. And this is what he said to him. Go home to your own people, your own household, and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. Because he recognized that that demoniac who had just been touched by Jesus, he would be the greatest voice into the people who now could recognize that his life had been changed by Jesus. And it's the people that we know in our lives who know us best are, are our mission field to reach out to people we know and realize I might be the only person God uses in the most effective way to see them take a step toward Jesus by faith. In Luke chapter 19, verse 9, he's talking to Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus is the tax collector. And as Jesus touched Zacchaeus, he said to him, today salvation has come to this house, which meant Zacchaeus came to, know, came to know Jesus Christ, and now he said, I want you to influence the people in your household to do the same. In John chapter 4, verse 53, the royal official son, he said, he and his whole household believe. And so as the head of that house came to faith in Jesus Christ, the challenge for him is now, you need to influence the people in your household. And that day, it was not only the blood relatives, but everyone who was related to that household. I want you to influence them. In Mark chapter 2, verse 15, we have this. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, the many tax collectors 
and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for they were many who followed him. And so again, the same idea. In your workplace, you need to see your workplace as not only a place where you do your job well and you serve other people by how you, how you perform at your at place of employment, but recognize it's a mission field for you. Doesn't mean you're preaching every moment of the day you're there, but you represent Jesus Christ in everything you do, and you're trying to influence people to consider who Jesus is. In Acts chapter 11, verse 14, the story of Cornelius, he will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. So the whole idea was that when you come to know Jesus, you're going to influence others by your faith. Acts chapter 16, verse 14 and 15, the Lord opened her heart, this is to Lydia, to respond to Paul's message. And then she and the members of her household were baptized. It wasn't that Lydia's faith made her, fa- her family immediate Christians, but that her faith influenced them to put their faith in Jesus. And because they could see it was real. And then the Philippian jailer, as Paul and Silas were there and they, they uh, were, were jailed and, uh, and then God miraculously opened up the doors of that jail and they remained there to be a witness to the one they had come to know that had now imprisoned them. And when he came to face, it said, he and all his household were baptized, which meant that as he was transformed, it now was the instrument by which other people were transformed. They've done studies throughout the Christian world, particularly the Western Christian world, and asking people, what was the greatest influence in your life to coming in faith? And just like as Matt was sharing, you know, it was, it was his family that influenced him the most. It was people he knew that influenced him the most. And I've been involved because of, for a variety of reasons in a lot of evangelism in which I'm talking to people I don't know. But trust me, the people that I've made the biggest influence on and the people who've made the biggest influence on people are not the people I don't know, but the people I do know and the people who know me. And so God has called each one of us to recognize he, he has given us a mission field. And, and, and the question is, are, are, we, are we being faithful to reach out to that message, to that mission field? The people that we know in our neighborhoods, in our places of employment, in, in the people we know at school, and in, in the people we come in contact with in our activities, whether it be a hobby or a sport or whatever or it might be. And are we using our life to try to influence them for Jesus Christ? 95% of people who come to know Jesus Christ don't say they, heard, they picked up a track off the floor of some place or they heard a, a random message. It's because someone they knew that, that they could see Jesus and made an impact on their life caused them to start to think about maybe I need to consider that. And then maybe somebody else brought them to faith, but they said the greatest influence was not some preacher or some evangelist or some program. It was, I saw it in the life of someone I knew, and I began to say, I've got to look at that and say, is that for me? And so each of us need to reach out to people in our relational world. I came across this by way of statistics. 20% 20% of Americans who will attend a church service, there's, of all Amer- people in America today, 20% of Americans who, who will attend a service, only 20% of Americans will attend a church service this weekend. 100% of Americans who will regularly, will, however, will regularly interact with a Christian this week. Now, it's only 20% of Americans go to church, but every American knows someone that's a Christian. The issue is, is that Christian trying to influence that person for Jesus. 3% of Sometimes we think it's only the largest churches that are reaching people for Jesus. 
but only 3% of Christians who will be attending the 100 largest churches in America, that, which means simply this, 97% of them are visiting churches that are smaller. So we can't just wait for the largest churches to reach people for Jesus. When Jesus started off, the people in his oikos, how many did he have? He had 12. He reached the 12 fishermen. And it's amazing what that 12 did, didn't it? It changed the world. What's the average number of people that people have in their relational world or their oikos to, to impact for Jesus Christ? The statistics out there is anywhere between 8 and 15. We try to put it in our church. It's this. Who's in your fab five or who's in your top ten? Who are the people that you have identified that you're praying for? God has called his people to be missionaries. He call, he's calling us personally to be fully devoted followers, to honor him by reaching out to people in our relational world. And how many generations, age generations, can we impact? You can generate you can all four generations. You know, what's the number of verses in the Bible before God identified the importance of relationships? The very first chapter. You know, God created, I mean, the very first book in the Bible. God created Adam and Eve. He, he, and, and we hear about, even within the, the Godhead, there's the Trinity. It's a, we have a relational God. The challenge, however, of this is, as one person put the statistic, what, what's the number of believers most Christians will, will intentionally try to witness for someone today or this week. And the sad thing for, I guess if you extrapolate it, it's, it's just one or 2%. So God has called every one of us to begin to, to reach out personally to impact people for Christ. So how do you do that? I put it this way in your, in your, in your outline this morning. Be intentional on your Fab Five, your top 10. Well, how do you do that? Number one, do you identify them? Make a list. Who, who is it that you are regularly praying for, and particularly locally, that you want to influence for Jesus Christ? Who is it? Secondly, intercede. Pray for them every day. Just pray for them. Put a, put a card in your Bible. Put a card on your, in your car. Put a, whatever it might, and just pray for them. Lord, help me, help me to have the right attitude when I'm around them. Help, help me to do things that will, that will show that I, I care about them. Help, help me to have the right words to speak to them about Jesus. Which relates to the next thing. Invest. Spend time with people who don't have a, a vital relationship with Jesus Christ. E either people are vitally involved in a local church or they're either unchurched or underchurched. And so we need to reach out to them. That ought to be the, on our heart. We have a passion for people that they would recognize what Matt has experienced. It's, it's about ex experiencing God that he changes everything. Not always easy and we trip along the way, but this, this, this matters to God because he wants to rescue us. And then finally do something. Invite I invite people to, 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 to come to a place where they can hear more about Jesus. Invite people to talk about Jesus. You know, sometimes we want to, I don't know what to say. Well, just don't worry about what to say. Just ask questions. Ask people what they believe. Ask people what they think. And just listen. You don't have to have all the answers. Just have all the questions. And try to, try to learn what, what they're going through, what they're struggling with. 
And then pray for them. It might be some places where you can give them something to read or, or give them a video or bring them to a YouTube channel that talks about Whatever it might be, but use ways to influence people about Jesus. So what's the point this morning? The point is I'm already out of time. So I just want to say, what's the point? Let's just do it, right? Let's honor God by being faithful globally and locally. But most importantly, let's do it personally. Let's see ourselves not, not as a mission field, but as missionaries to people who need to hear this. Who God can take any life, no matter where they are, and take that which is broken and, and make it well. And make it fresh and new. Because his, his goodness and his power is to take any life and give it the life he had always intended it to have. When they admit their need, turn from their sin, believe in Jesus as the one who came and rose from the dead for them, and then choose to commit to follow him as their Lord and Savior. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you that you are the God who changes everything. And Father, we thank you that people that we knew cared enough about us that our lives could see that Christianity is not just what I was raised in or what I heard about because I lived in a, in a, in a home that already knew Jesus, but it really works and it really changes lives. Help us to be part of the, of the, of the, of the solution, not part of the problem. Help us to reach out to people who need to hear about Jesus. And we praise in Christ's name. Amen.